You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Please note that some parts of the audio will drop briefly due to a technical problem with the recording. We apologize for any inconveniences. To 45 from the Common English Bible. Jesus' birth foretold. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary, God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman, who was labeled unable to conceive, is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left. Mary visits Elizabeth. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the Lord leaped, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pat, for reading our scripture this morning. So, Greg, there's a little bit of feedback. If you can, thank you. Pull that back. So this week, I had the opportunity to visit at my mother-in-law's house, and she has this beautiful display of postcards. They're more than 100 years old because they were mailed to her grandmother in 1911. This particular display is filled with Christmas postcards. At Thanksgiving, she has Thanksgiving cards, and at Easter, she has Easter cards. This was back in the days before you could just send a quick text message to a friend to say, happy birthday, or celebrate the holiday today with joy and love. These postcards were those quick and simple messages to remind friends that they were being thought of at the holiday. 
A few of my friends are very, very good about sending me notes throughout the whole year. It's a joy to be able to open my mail and actually see something that's handwritten to me, an encouraging note, sometimes with a bookmark or a little gift inside. One of the connections that those friends have with me is that we were at one time all part of the Young Clergy Women International. This is a group that was founded in 2005 for young clergy women because at that time it was very rare and it could feel very isolating to be in ministry. And so this group formed to connect women across the U.S. and Europe to remind one another that they were not alone in their work. In fact, they printed cards that you could send to one another. At the very top, it says, you are not alone. And then across the front, it lists the names of all of the members at that time. I looked at the photo last night to try and count how many Sarahs were listed, and I lost track around 24. There were a lot of Elizabeths, but surprisingly, only two Marys. There were a lot of Marthas and Mariahs and a couple of ones that stood out. So you knew exactly there was one Elsa and there was one Yezhadeh. But it was really interesting to see all of the names of the people who were in the group in 2005. Being a young woman in ministry is filled with unique challenges, but also special joys. And through that group, I had friendships that have now lasted decades. I have heard of connections in this church that have spanned many, many Whether it's the women's circle, friends who have weathered life up and down for many decades, or the friendships that have formed through our choir, the friendships that have formed through serving side by side in the kitchen, or the friendships that people have created outside of the church through the Emmaus outreach or other opportunities to be in service to others in the name of God. I know that for some in our community, finding those connections has become like having a family, particularly for folks who have moved here far from home. It can be hard to have family that you love live at such a physical distance from this place. We all need people who are family, who are chosen family, who are friends, people to support us in times of stress, a place that is safe to go in times of crisis. And in our gospel lesson today, we see Mary seeking refuge at the home of her cousin, Elizabeth. Reverend Jan Richardson describes the scene in this way. The archangel Gabriel has extended his astounding invitation. Mary has given her astonishing yes. And now after the angel has left, she is alone. Suddenly, entirely, and dangerously alone, except for the unlikely child that she now carries in her womb. And so she flees for safety. She heads towards her kinswoman, toward refuge and sanctuary. In the home of Elizabeth, she finds the company of her cousin, who is also pregnant in the most unusual circumstances. Mary finds what she needs in Elizabeth. Elizabeth welcomes her and blesses her. And in response to Elizabeth's blessing, Mary sings. That was the focus of our sermon last week about Mary's song of praise. She was able to sing this praise because she found her cousin's welcome at her home. 
Mary had comfort that God was with her as well. When the angel brought her the news of what was to happen, he began by saying, Rejoice, the Lord is with you. The angel reminded her that even if she felt alone, she was not alone because God was with her. And the angel reminded her that nothing is impossible for God. The angel has come with this opportunity to participate in some wild, unimaginable opportunity to help redeem the world by bringing God into this world in the flesh. But he does that by reminding Mary that she does not do this work alone. God is with her. And after Mary says yes, she needs to have the comfort and the safety of her family. And so that's where she goes and finds Elizabeth, who is also carrying a miracle child in her womb. Elizabeth is six months pregnant with John. Elizabeth, who had been past childbearing age, is now also expecting a child. Now, throughout the Hebrew scriptures, there are many different versions of God intervening in a family who wanted a child. The one that Elizabeth and Zechariah remind me about the most is Sarah and Abraham, who were also past childbearing. And here is Elizabeth, pregnant with John. But then shows up Mary, who has a new story, a different story. There is no previous example in the Hebrew scriptures of a young woman who becomes pregnant by divine intervention. Her story is new, and it is different, and it is scary. Scholars think that Luke is trying to give an example with John and Jesus. John representing the end of an old age, an age that was focused on the prophets and the law. And here is Jesus, the one Fill the prophets and the law, the one who will embody all that the prophets and the law were trying to teach God's people about how to love one another and live together in peace. It's the transition of an old age and the welcoming of a new one. And so with Elizabeth and Mary there pregnant together at the same time, it is this celebration of the old fading away and the new coming. At the very first Sunday of Advent, we heard the scripture about John the Baptist, about him proclaiming, prepare the way to prepare people for the Messiah. He knew that he was not the Messiah himself. He was simply preparing people to be ready for when Jesus. John and Jesus shared a vision of what God's intent for this world was to be, a way of reconciling and redeeming everyone in God's grace, in God's kingdom. This first chapter of Luke is filled with expectation, with waiting for God's dream to become a reality through the birth of Jesus. This is the same as the season of Advent. For the last four weeks, we have been waiting with anticipation for the birth of Christ. Age to fall away, waiting for the new age to come in. But through all of this waiting, it is not passive. It requires people to pay attention to what God is doing for the preparation that God is offering those who will welcome the new age of God's fullness of fulfilling the law and the prophets. And so here we have Elizabeth and Mary singing praises and supporting one another. Luke is setting us up to notice that there is a big transition. 
vital for us who hear these texts now thousands of years. It sets us up to wonder, how has the birth of Christ changed the world for us today? How are our lives and our actions every day different because of the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ? We have all grown up in an era where these stories are familiar. They are no longer new and terrifying stories that have been before. They are now ancient stories. How is God inviting us what God is doing in this season of our life? How is God continuing to invite us into a vision of a world that is more just, more that is a place where all people find peace and joy and love and hope? What invitation is God extending to you to be part of this vision for a better world? We are invited into this work as a community. The angel reminded Mary that she was not, that God was at work and she was invited to work alongside God. She then sought out her cousin Elizabeth, celebrated what God was doing in them both. This congregation saw a vision years ago, inviting the people of Central to see that God wanted to transform our property to create a place for people to live. This past week, in the sanctuary. A couple of us took marks on the concrete floor. We wrote scripture verses so that when we worship in that place, we will literally be standing on the word of God. And of the many different verses, one person writes, nothing is impossible for God. The words of the angel today that Mary said, that the angel said to Mary so long ago are still true for us today. Nothing is impossible for God. We will see that vision become a reality. That was once now made real. But it happened not because one or two of us had a dream. It was because God was with us as a community. It was because all of us prayed and worked together in order to help this dream become a reality. But God is not done dreaming yet. When we move home again, we will have the opportunity to listen and to respond to God's next invitation to us as a church. An opportunity to say yes to God's continued vision of partner with God so that all people will know God's love and joy and peace and hope. However, that to be, I pray that we will be ready to respond. Let it be with me just as you have said. Amen.